So we're here with Colonel Brodus Hartley, who is the CEO, the longtime CEO of Community Health of South Florida, in, based in Homestead, but throughout the Southern Florida Peninsula and the Keys. Uh, uh, that's a huge area to cover. Yes, it is. <laughs> Our service area extends from the airport in Miami to Key West. Wow. <laughs> that is a huge area. How often do you get down to Key West to visit the site there? Well, it's infrequent, actually, but my team is on there more frequently than I. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. That's why you need a good team, right? Right, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, Brodus, you had a prior career in the military. Yes, I did. Uh, and joined the health center after that. What was it in your career that attuned you to uh, wanting to manage a, a, a healthcare system that cared for the sort of forgotten ones, the, the poor and the, and the uninsured? Well, after spending 26 years in the Army Medical Service Corps and having had assignments to various facilities and the various, you know, assignments, uh, I decided in 1982 when I was the executive officer of the Nuremberg Army Hospital to retire. And I came back in December and retired on the 1st of January, 1983. Mm -hmm. I went to work on the 4th of January at Florida A&M University <laughs> as assistant dean in the School of Allied Health Sciences. Wow. So shortly thereafter, I got a call from the chairman of the board who has seen in the alumni news that I was there, and he wanted me to help him find an executive director for CHI. After a very long conversation on the phone, uh -huh. I said to Odell <coughs> Johns, I might be interested myself. And so, to make a long story short, I went down, was interviewed, and they hired me. And I took that job on the 14th of May, 1984. And I have been there ever since. Wow. Well, they must have been thrilled to have someone with your experience, your expertise, et cetera, uh, to step in and take over there. Well. It was interesting because all of the directors who preceded me had been military men, either Seriously? Navy or Army. Wow. <laughs> that is home base, or home, to many, many thousands of America's right. military, doesn't it? Right. Wow. Well, when you started there, I'm sure you had your own personal dreams for what CHI could become, but you had to start, as we all do, by tackling the must-dos, uh, the, 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 the tasks that would be needed to keep the, the system uh, afloat and above ground. Yes, yes. When I arrived, we had some financial problems in the organization. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, we had to overcome that. We had only two health centers at that time. 
Uh, we have the Doris Eisen Health Center, which is located on 216th Street uh, in an area called Gould's. And we have the Martin Luther King Jr. Clinica Campesina, which was in Homestead. Uh, and we had two outreach programs into the migrant, what was called at that time, migrant labor camps. That's mm -hmm. verbose now. You don't use that term, labor camp. <laughs> it's a farm worker community now. There you go. Okay, so that's, <clears throat> that's how we have progressed. Uh, but along came Hurricane Andrew. Oh, boy. That was what, 87? 82. 82? Uh, no, I'm sorry, not 92. 92? Yes. So mm -hmm. you were now just about eight years into Correct. that, but mm -hmm. that hurricane devastated, it devastated South Florida. I mean, I remember them saying that almost nothing was left standing in Homestead. Correct. Correct. How did you handle that? Well, uh, and how did your people? Yeah, your we 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 opened the day after the hurricane, and we were the only people in South Miami-Dade County providing healthcare services. Homestead Hospital wow. was closed. Coral Reef Hospital was closed. We wow. were operating. Wow. I often tell the story about one of our physicians, Dr. Knighton. As we opened up and began to clean up debris in our, what was in our urgent care center, she was helping us to clean up. And she would stop, taking, stop cleaning up to take care of our patients who are arriving for services because we had a lot of injuries from nails and glass. Sure. And uh, this is the way we started operating, right after the storm. We had to take up all of the carpet out of our Doris Eisen Center uh, because most of it was carpeted at oh, that time. Soaked, huh? Yeah, and, and it was soaked. And so, but we, we, we were very proud of the fact that even in those difficult times, we were able to institute services immediately with our staff. That must have given, I mean, not only was it a crucial service, yes. but it must have given a great boost of confidence to those in the community who had felt devastated and, and forgotten Absolutely. in the wake of the hurricane. Absolutely. And when we went down to Homestead from the Doris Eisen Center, uh, out to our migrant labor camps, we call them at that time, mm -hmm. we had teams to go out and do give service in the site, just mobile teams out there working to provide services to those people. But also, we now call that St. Andrew, because <laughs> after the storm, we were able to get federal dollars under 319 to recover and build new facilities. Uh -huh. Wow. So after that storm, we built facilities in those migrant labor camps, Everglades and uh, the South Dade labor camp. But we also built the facility in the rancher uh, as well. So as you see, out of that devastation, we opened a, at least three new sites. Wow. Well, that, <laughs> must have, that must have thrilled the, the people in those communities. Oh, absolutely. And, and, we, and we have been growing ever since. I say to my staff, we are always in a growth mode, not only in terms of sites, but in terms of services. So we're looking, <laughs> continuously looking for opportunities to increase the services that are available to our people in that community. Tell us, tell us how CHI has grown from those early days. I assume when you started, it was pretty much clinical medical outreach um, and community services, but on the clinical side, mostly medical care. Yes, mostly medical care, but we did, 
we did have at the time of the psalm behavioral health care services. We, we did a, we were early implementation of behavioral health in our primary care centers. And uh, we have grown now. We have 11 health centers, and we are in 35 schools of school-based clinics. Gee, that's got to cover the bulk of the schools in, in South Florida. Well, many of them. Uh, we, we are always looking for the opportunity to increase our presence. Mm -hmm. uh, we are fortunate in Miami-Dade County, we have a children's trust, uh, which gets funding through taxes, and they provide the funding for our school-based clinics. Wow. So that's, that's an opportunity that's not available in every, sure. every, every area. And so uh, we are funded, of course, obviously by the Bureau of Primary Health Care, and we've gotten ad additional uh, new access points through the Bureau. Uh, but also we, we receive funding at the state level for our behavioral health care, uh -huh. Department yeah. of Children and Families, yep. the South Florida Behavioral Health Network, and we receive local dollars um, through the Public Health Trust of Miami-Dade County. And, and they fund primarily the Doris Eisen Center and the Martin Luther King Center. In fact, uh, we are on a one-year lease from the county for those, those facilities. For how many years have you been on it? <laughs> for, well, well <laughs> since, since the beginning, very frankly. <laughs> but I'm sure they're happy to renew every year. Uh, oh, yes. We, we, we have been very, very fortunate. Uh, to have that support. And the support from the commissioner in that area, Commissioner Dennis Moss, uh, and uh, he fights for us uh, at every turn, and his support for community health centers has been unwavering over the years. Uh, That's absolutely. a blessing, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, staff, when you started there, I am sure there was a limited set of staff for the CHI. How much has it grown? Uh, it's, it has grown phenomenally. Matter of fact, uh, we were recognized by Chamber South uh, for our phenomenal growth in our facility. Uh, and and uh, so right now we are able to provide family medicine, pediatric services, OBGYN services, uh, behavioral health care services, including uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, and clinic, clinical social workers. Wow. Uh, so we're very proud of that. Um, we also have dental services at most of our sites uh, as well. And yeah. we have a fleet of vehicles. Of, we have a, a fleet of 32 vehicles. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> to provide service because in our area, public transportation all is totally inadequate. Yeah. Okay? So if we didn't provide that transportation service, uh, the enabling services, uh, those people couldn't even get to us for care. Uh -huh. So we yeah. have to do that, all right? And well, most recently, we just bought eight new vehicles to, to add to our fleet. Uh, so we, we're continuing to, as I say, always in the growth mode. Oh, you know, I remember in South Texas, that was back in the early 70s when I was uh, heading the health center down there. We had vans that went out in the rural areas because... There was no public transportation there. Right. And most of the families, to the extent they had a car, uh, it was an old sort of jalopy that didn't get them very far. Right. 
Uh, and so they would often just prioritize using that for essential tasks. Mm -hmm. We had to go out and pick up the patients, bring them into the, the clinic right. and for the care, and then take them back home. That's right. Or when they got a referral uh, to a specialist uh, locally or what have you, we had to pick them up, take them to that referral specialist office, mm -hmm. yeah. and bring them back home. Right. It was essential. Absolutely essential service. Okay. Yeah, you have to do that. Mm -hmm. um, Post-Andrew, yes. uh, I'm, I'm sure there have been challenges oh, absolutely. That, uh, that have faced you, but you have more than risen to the task and the, and the, and the challenge on that. Tell us a little bit about uh, your teaching programs, your education programs uh, for health professionals and others at CHI. Yeah, we have, we have been in the teaching business for quite a long time. Uh, we were receiving medical students uh, from the University of Miami. Uh, and then when FIU opened their medical school, we were receiving, receiving students from them also, get part of their training with us. But one of the things that I am most proud of is being designated as a teaching health center yes. by HRSA. Um, and we graduated our third class on the 8th of June of this year. And I'm most proud of the fact that our family medicine residents have a 100% pass rate on their boards. Wow. So, but let me tell you, the, the staff convinced the board to name that health, teaching health center for me. So it's now called the Brothers A. Chartley Jr. Teaching Health Center. Wow, oh, what a tribute. And absolutely, I'm very proud of it. And we, currently, we are training physicians in OBGYN, family medicine, and psychiatry. Wow. Now, we will be phasing out in 2020 the OB program, and we are phasing it out because the resources to operate that program are not under our control. Gotcha. We deliver at Jackson South Hospital. It's a level one. Doesn't mm -hmm. provide the level of experiences, the acuity that our physicians need. So we have to go to other hospitals, such as Palmetto General and North Shore Hospital, in order to provide for get that level get three, that right? level of service of uh, acuity that they need. So we made a decision that we would phase out the OB program, but continue the family medicine and the psychiatry program. Okay. Uh, somebody else gonna pick up the OB uh, training? We, we don't have anyone to pick that up as of this moment. Oh, that's kind of a shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, that I'm sure is on your to-do list. Oh yes. Find a sponsor, <laughs> keep those services and the training coming. Right. And, and we had to help those residents who were in our training program find other yeah. uh, programs to to join. At, at the current moment, how many residents are going through the training? We currently CHI? have 30 physicians undergoing their residency training wow. with us. Wow. And has it proved to be a good uh, uh, recruitment tool for CHI? Yes, it has. And, and we have been able to retain some of the physicians <coughs> uh, with us who want to stay with us. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. And I assume that others 
may have landed at other community health centers some, around the some country. Some did, and some went out into private practice. Yeah. We have, we have a, a good mixture. You're going to have that. <laughs> You're going to have that as well. Mm -hmm. um, patient number-wise, mm -hmm. how many folks is CHI serving today? Uh, today we serve 83,000 unduplicated users. With over 263,000 visits per year. Jeez, that's, that is huge. We are one of the larger community health centers. You sure are. <laughs> Absolutely. Your staff has to be significant as well. Yes, we oh, have over, over 700 employees as of this time. Amazing. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough to meet that payroll every two weeks oh, when you're talking yeah. about a million three every two weeks. <laughs> yeah, that can be. And that does not include the fringe benefits. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is a tough one. But uh, I am sure you have built, I mean, I'm sure as CEO, your job uh, and your focus is on building good relationships with the local communities, with the community elders, elected officials, et cetera. Uh, and Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the, the county commissioners in our area, we're, we're serving uh, com commissioner, commissioner Moss's District 9, commis Commissioner Daniela Carver is Commissioner 8, and those are the two in Miami-Dade County. That's the Miami-Dade Unified Government, right? Right. And they are all strong, strong in support of, of CHI. But you still have to build... Uh, relationships with other Miami-Dade commissioners well, absolutely. who don't represent the area you operate in. Absolutely. And we have good relationships, not only with our local uh, commissioners, but also uh, with the congresspersons from our area. And Donna mm -hmm. Shalala is one of those persons. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, okay. My former uh, boss. Right. <laughs> and, uh, of course, she, she has visited with us and she, some of our fundraising events she's attended, like our casino night. Uh, she's been there for that. <laughs> so we, we have... She liked to play the tables? <laughs> <laughs> well, she just comes to visit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's great to see her elected to Congress. Uh, and, oh, uh, absolutely. You know, mm -hmm. she is a fighter for for women's health issues, for health issues generally, right. from her experience as secretary of HHS, mm -hmm. uh, it's nice to have her down there and in your corner, I'm right. sure. Right. She's visited the health center. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and also, Debbie Powell has also mm -hmm. been a strong proponent of ours. That's great. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Uh, and so, as you sit there today, having to meet that million three payroll every couple of weeks, um, uh, how, how do you look out at the future of your health center and community health centers in general? You see it as a positive? I think it's positive. You know, guys like you have been working so diligently w with the Congress uh, that we enjoy bipartisan support for community health centers. Yeah. And I think that is extremely important. So I think the future of our health centers uh, is good. Yes, we have to go through the budgeting process and, and, and the advocacy program uh, where we have a strong advocacy program. But overall, I think we enjoy the support of the Congress. And, and I believe oh, that do. sincerely. We do. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is most fortunate. And it, 
and it needs to be bipartisan uh, because you're always going to have in either party <clears throat> defectors who disagree with some parts of the party's platform, and you've got to have strong bipartisan support. If you get caught in a part, look what happened to Planned Parenthood or family planning. Right. Uh, if you get caught in a partisan crossfire, they could take you out in a heartbeat. Absolutely. And uh, that's one of the things I'm proudest of with good people like you, Rodas, well, that we have. I think, I think it's the leadership of NAC. Uh, you, you brought it together, and uh, you protect us. Okay? It's the leadership and the membership. It is mm. everyone. Yeah. Uh, makes all the difference in the world because who's present to Donna Shalala when she thinks community health centers? It's you, it's not me, mm. it's not NAC. It's CHI. Right. Uh, that's so crucially important. She will fight to the death right. to keep the program alive for the services that you provide, et cetera. And that is what brings it home for members of Congress of on both yeah. sides of the aisle. Of course. Absolutely. That's <laughs> what we have to keep fighting for. Keep fighting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Colonel Hartley, thank you so much thank, for coming in. Thank, and thank you. you for your years of service, 83 that's, uh, or 84, 84. That's 35 years. 35 years, absolutely. Wow. And you're still keeping on I'm keeping still on. Still keeping on. The board thinks I'm doing a, a good job. They sure should. <laughs> <laughs> so they, 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 sure they should. kept me and uh, they did my evaluation uh, in May, that annual evaluation. Uh-huh. And they took good care of me. Came through with flying colors. Right. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. And good health for the future as well, for you and your family.